On this week's episode of Capital Region High School Supports the Podcast, we take a look at some of the teams that might, might be able to catch Niskayuna in boys lacrosse this year. Plus, we'll take a look at some of the contenders in girls lacrosse, and we'll take a look at the all-state list for high school basketball as New York State Sports Rights Association put out its all-state list for classes B, C, and D. All this on this week's episode of Capital Region High School Sports Podcast with yours truly, Rob Jonas. Welcome to the podcast. Hello folks, this is Rob Jones from CapitalRegionHighSchoolSports.com, welcoming you to another edition of the podcast. So let's get started with some boys across. Well, nothing really has changed since last week. I mean, the Nisky Unit Boys Across team continues to dominate its opponents. So today I thought I would take a look at maybe a couple of teams in the Suburban Council that on a good day, might be able to challenge Niskayuna. I don't know about beat them, but challenge them. Uh, one team that has been impressing me thus far has been Bethlehem. They've won their first five Suburban Council games, including their most recent victory, which was a 15-9 win against Boston Spa on uh, April 16th. Um, their only loss was a Loss outside of not just the Suburban Council, but Section 2 as well. Um, this is a team that's got two really good offensive players, in my opinion. Uh, Liam Ferris and Ben Riley. Uh, Ferris, he's had a sensational start to his season uh, with 30 goals and 11 assists. Uh, ben Riley, um, he's been also very good both in terms of scoring goals and you know helping others score goals he's got 17 uh, markers so far this season and he's helped out on 14 other goals um Bethlehem also happens to have a happen to have a really good goaltender in Matt Stento uh so far he has stopped a grand total of 76% of the shots he's faced so you got a really good goaltender at the back end, um, a couple of dynamic offensive players at the front end. Do I think that's going to be enough for Bethlehem to defeat Niskayuna when they actually play them um, on April 25th, which is next week? I don't know. Obviously, Niskayuna's got a lot more depth in terms of um, goal scorers and playmakers. Uh, but Bethlehem can find a way to win some face-offs in the center X. That's what they call it, right? Center X. Um, and really possess the ball pretty well. They could definitely give Niskayuna a run for its money. But I don't know. That's why they're playing on April 25th, I guess. Um, then uh, another team. And really, in my opinion... The only other team that has, besides Shenandoah, of course, I should mention Shenandoah is in this mix, but after what happened against Niskayuna the first go-around, 
I'm not sure that Shen would have much of a opportunity to push Niskiuna unless they do a better job of possessing the ball. But another team that I think could possibly make a you know take a solid shot at Niski would be uh, CBA. Um, they won their first four suburban council games before suffering a 7-3 loss at the hands of Shaker on April 18th. Um, like Bethlehem, um, CBA's got some dynamic um, offensive players. Uh, Anthony Pizzola, he's scored 22 goals and has had 13 assists. Freddie Smith, he's had 19 goals and 17 assists. So, you know, CBA has some other guys that have been you know, scoring goals for them as well. So it's, they've got a bit more balance, I think, than Bethlehem. But I don't know if that would be enough on its own for CBA to really be able to stay with Niskiuna. Uh, Max Tedesco in goal has been very good thus far, stopping 71% of his shots. Um, but again, I mean, Niskiuna is at a different level. So, even with Bethlehem and CBA being, you know, very good within the rest of the league, I don't know if that's going to be enough. But it gives us something to look forward to. You know, I think you don't want the league to be completely predictable. You don't want the Suburban Council to just be run totally by Niskiuna without a challenger out there. The way they play against Shen, it certainly looks like that could become the case. I'm just merely pointing out that Bethlehem and CBA both have significant talent that on a really good day, I mean, they would have to be nearly perfect in my opinion. But on a really good day, these two teams could also push Niski a bit, but... I don't know if they would be able to keep up with Niskiuna, especially if they can get that offense going. So, I only mention this because I do want there to be some competition for Niskiuna within the Suburban Council this year. Shen really couldn't do that when they faced each other a couple weeks ago. Now we gotta see if a Bethlehem or a CBA can do a better job, I guess you could say. Um, one other note, Bethlehem and CBA, they play each other after Bethlehem plays uh, Niskiuna. So Bethlehem hosts Niskiuna on April 25th. Then Bethlehem travels over to the town of Colony to face CBA on Saturday, April 27th. From there, CBA wouldn't face Niskiuna until... May 14th, and, you know, again, that will be kind of the interesting scenario as we go forward. I know this is kind of a circuitous conversation that I'm having here, but basically the, the gist of it is that I think it would be great if there was another Suburban Council team that could really give Niskiuna a run for its money this year. Um, I mean, even Shaker. I mean, Shaker, yes, they beat uh, CBA. 
Shaker, they're very, very good defensively. Offensively, they have had struggles this year, but defensively, they've been excellent. They might be able to slow down this unit's offense and make it a closer game. But without really a good offense, I don't think Shaker would be able to really hang with this Kiyuna. Certainly not for an entire game. But um, as of right now, I just feel like Bethlehem and CBA are probably the two teams left in Suburban Council with the best shot at pushing this Kiyuna during the regular season. Um, it should be noted, by the way, that um, Shane gets another shot in this ski coming up um, next month. So maybe, maybe if Shen really improves as they continue throughout the season, they might be able to actually um, challenge Niski on the second time around. But if it's anything like the first game, this game is going to win it. So, anyway, that's a look at what's going on boys across. When we get back, we're going to talk some Suburban Council girls across, um, along with a Foothills Council team that I think people need to keep an eye on as we get closer towards the girls' Section 2 playoffs. Girls' across Section 2 playoffs, that is. So that's coming up next here in Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. Okay, folks, we're back here in Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. Let's talk some girls across, shall we? So in the previous segment, it was talking about challengers for the Niskiuna boys lacrosse team. Well, so far there really haven't been too many challengers for the Niskiuna girls lacrosse team in the Suburban Council as the Silver Warriors currently are leading the league with a 7-0 record. Well, actually 5-0 within the league and they've had a couple non-league wins. Um, Their two biggest victories, in my opinion, um, they pulled out a 9-8 victory over Shenandoah back on April 11th. That goes along with their season opening win, uh, 13-10 over Saratoga Springs on March 29th. Um, all their other games thus far have been rather one-sided. Um, Niskina's got, well, just like the boys team over at Niskina, the girls across team, they too have a balanced offense. Uh, they got three players who so far have registered 20 or more points uh, this season, uh, led by Sydney McPartland, who has 19 goals and 6 assists. Um, behind her, there's CJ Harvey, who has 18 goals this season thus far, to go with 2 assists. And Annabelle Conover, who has 15 goals and has helped out on 5 others. And meanwhile, over in goal, Kara uh, Banigan has been very good with the shots that she's faced thus far. Um, she's got a save percentage of 66%. So, basically, this game has been extremely good thus far. Um, 
as I mentioned, one of their wins was over Shen. Shen's been very good as well this year, uh, posting a record of 5-1 and one through the first couple of weeks. Um, they've had a couple of uh, good victories this year. Uh, they had a wild game against Burnhouse Boston Lake, which they pulled out 18-17. to 17. And then also they happened to defeat Saratoga 14-10. to 10. Um, They have had a balanced attack going this year, led by Grace Pelowodzinski. I was going to get tripped up a little bit by her name. But uh, Pelowodzinski has 16 goals and 9 assists thus far for 25 points. Uh, Mackenzie Ballard. She also has 25 points with 15 goals and 10 helpers. Abby Danson has 14 goals to go along with 4 assists. And Olivia Howard, she's got 11 goals this year. So really, the depth of Shen's offense mirrors that of Niskiyuna's offense. Um, I think that certainly in a rematch, which... I'm sure will be happening later this year. Um, it will be another interesting game between the two. I'm not sure if it's going to be... If both teams will be under 10 goals like they were the first time. Could be a higher scoring game. But certainly, I would look forward to the rematch between Shen and Niskiyuna. Another team to keep an eye on is Bethlehem. Um, despite the 13-12 loss... They had earlier this week against Boston Spa. I mean, Bethlehem has won their first four league games. They got a couple of really good offensive players in Caroline Wise and Lindsey Ayers. Uh, Wise, so far this year, has got 15 goals. Ayers has 14 goals. Um, they've also each helped out with uh, assists. Uh, Wise has seven of those. Ayers has eight. Um, so... Keep, keep your eyes out on uh, Bethlehem. I mean, they've been one of the traditional powers in Suburban Council. They had a couple of lean years a few years ago, but they've been steadily building this program back. So I would say definitely keep an eye on Bethlehem. And then I think the wild card in all this is Columbia. Um, they've gotten off to a 3 1 start in the Suburban Council. Their only loss was against Gilderland. That was at the very beginning of the year. They've rattled off three wins since then. And really, the player to keep an eye on for Columbia is Sierra Mazon. So far, in just four games, she scored 26 goals, including setting a school record with an eight-goal performance in the victory over Shaker on April 11th. And she followed that up with a seven-goal effort in a victory over Colony uh, just on Thursday, April 18th. So Mazone definitely is making a statement for being one of the best offensive players in the Suburban Council. And certainly someone that other Suburban Council teams are going to have to be very careful when marking uh, going forward because... Obviously, Mazone has been quite good thus far uh, on offense. Now, I happen to mention before the break about the, a Foothills Castle team to keep an eye on. That would be Johnstown. Um, they're undefeated thus far with a 6-0 record. Um, 
They've had three non-league games and three league games. They've looked impressive in all of them. None of them have been close. Uh, this is a team that, you know, like Niskiuna, they've got quite a bit of offensive firepower. Uh, Taron Ringer, 24 goals so far this season. Uh, Abby Hollister, she's had 17 goals and Alex Queenie has scored 15 goals to go along with eight assists, I should mention. Um, and their goaltender, Mariana Manchester, has stopped more than three quarters of all the shots that have come her way thus far. Um, now, Johnstown, you know, they'll be matching up against some of the smaller schools when the Section 2 playoffs come around, but I think the way they're playing right now, you'd have to consider them to be a favorite going into the playoffs. Of course, there's still plenty of regular season left to go, but it's never really too early to talk about playoffs in high school sports because the se- the seasons are so short. I mean, basically, you got maybe six to eight weeks of regular season play before you hit you know the playoffs in most sports. So... It's not early to talk about it at this point. I think Johnstown has a legitimate chance to win a Section 2 title this year. So, with that said, that's a look at Girls Across. Coming up next, got to talk a little bit about basketball because New York State Sports Writers Association came out with its all-state list for classes B, C, and D on the boys' side. So, I'll talk a little bit about that when we get back here on Capital Region High School Sports the podcast. Well, the New York State Sports Writers Association revealed the Class B, C, and D All-State teams in boys basketball this week. And as one might expect, a certain guy's name was uh, put on the list as the player of the year in Class B. If you can't guess by now, I'm not going to help yet, but obviously Joseph Gerard III from Glens Falls, that's your player of the year. I mean, after all, he was Mr. Basketball, so it just goes with the territory. Um, but there were a number of other Section 2 basketball players that uh, made the All-State list. So let's kind of go through it. In Class B, um, Shane O'Dell from Shalmont was named to the second team. Uh, there was a bit of a gap, and then you get down to the 10th team. Uh, Catskills Justice, Justice Brantley uh, made uh, the 10th team. Uh, Trent Gerard, JG3's uh, younger cousin, he was a 12th team selection. Uh, Marvel leads Messiah Mallory. He made the 13th team. Uh, Fonda Fultonville uh, guard Jackson Addy. He was a 14th team All-State selection. And yes, they go all the way to 16th team in Class B. Uh, Shamas L.J. Randall was named to that group. Uh, three guys from Section 2 were honorable mentions in Class B. That would be Johnstown's Matthew Boyle, Schuylerville's Nick Budesheim, 
and Hudson's Levon Fernandez. In Class C, uh, even though they did not win the state title this year, uh, Lake George did get uh, players selected to the first and second teams. Uh, Mason Flatley was named a first-team All-State player, and Chris Becker uh, was named to the second team. Um, Huzik Falls' John Kempf was chosen as a fifth-team All-State player. Uh, Mayfield's Garrett Delaney he made sixth. He made the sixth team. Have a little trouble saying that word, but yes, um, he was also named to the All-State uh, squad. Uh, Maple Hills' Nate Mannion was a seventh team selection, and Mayfield's Trevon Gifford was a ninth team selection. Then you have a few other guys from Section Two uh, who were Class C honorable mentions. That would be Heavy Luzerne's Danny. Danny McMahon, Burnox Westerlow's Zeke Pulliam, Canada Harry's Luke Van Slyke, uh, Hoosick Falls' Tristan Williams, and Granville's Jarrett Williams. And finally, over in Class D, um, Oppenheim, hey boy, you knew I was going to trip something up here. Oppenheim, Afreda, St. Johnsville's Tyler Leone was named a first team All State player. Glad I got that out of my mouth there. His teammate Jack Brundage was a third-team selection. In Argyle's Peyton Lufkin, he was a fourth-team selection. Uh, five other Section 2 players were named honorable mentions. That would be Brian Bathrick from Germantown, Gavin Darfler from Hartford, Anthony Gerard from North Warren, Luke Loso from Fort Anne, and Nate Rydell from Northville. Now, next week, it's expected that the State Sports Writers Association will have its Class AA and Class A All-Star All-State teams announced. So, when that happens, I will make certain to include that in next week's podcast. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Capital Region High School Sports, the podcast. This is Rob Jonas from CapitalRegionHighSchoolSports.com. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next Friday with another episode. We'll be talking more spring sports along with the All-State Boys basketball list for classes AA and A. So thanks again. Talk to you next week.